0: Every now and then, I meet someone who's changing the world for the better by their sheer will alone. Whether they're authors, activists, or adventurous, these people are blazing a path with their deep enthusiasm and allowing the world to follow. Their passion is strong, and my passion is to tell their stories. I am Brian Platt, and this is Passion Project. What's going on, everyone? So in this episode of the podcast, I speak with Tinh Nguyen of Save Vietnam's Wildlife, a nonprofit based in Vietnam that helps the world's most trafficked animals, the pangolin. Um, so you've probably heard a lot about pangolins in the news lately, um, especially with the advent of COVID-19. Um, pangolins are very prized for their um, scales, for their sometimes even their blood, even their, their meat. Um, And they're sold in wet markets throughout China, throughout Vietnam, throughout Southeast Asia. Um, And they're really, um, you know, a really big component to the wildlife, illegal wildlife trade. Um, But they also carry a disease, a virus, very similar in genetic structure to COVID-19. So the overwhelming science... Um, is that COVID-19 has come from one of these wildlife or these wet markets based in China. Um, Whether it came from a bat, whether it came from a pangolin, whether it came from another species, it is a huge indication that what we're doing is not sustainable and is not um, natural and cannot last. Um, The issue, though, when speaking with Tai, I realize how embedded this is in culture in Vietnam, in China, in Asia, how long, how many centuries people have been using pangolin parts for, um, you know, what's considered traditional Chinese medicine. The problem is um, people are actually taking pangolin scales with proven medicine and thinking that the pangolin scales is what's making them feel better. Well, I get news for you. It's not. I mean, pangolin scales are made from keratin, the same thing as our fingernails, the same thing as rhino horn, which doesn't do anything for you um, for your health. The other thing is, you know, again, when speaking with Ty, like uh, people claim that there's no side effects to having pangolin scales, to consuming pangolin scales. Well, that's probably because they don't do anything. Um, And this is very difficult for Ty. Like he has to spread awareness he wants more than anyone to save these species. He wants more than anyone to um, reverse this trend of uh, wildlife consumption. But he has to do so by not, by walking a very careful line, by not talking about how rare pangolins are. Because by talking about how rare and how endangered they are, will thus have more people drive up more demand for an already diminishing uh, and vanishing product. So this is something I didn't even consider, uh, which is probably says a lot about like my knowledge of supply and demand, but it's crazy because that's why that's why Ty wants to save them, but he cannot let on publicly that he wants to save penguins because they're so rare. But with that, Ty refuses to believe that he's fighting a losing battle and I'm with him. You can hear it in his voice. He's completely no nonsense. He's almost austere in his responses almost as though he's just wants to get back to work immediately like he wants to protect uh, pangolins as much as he can he's seen a decline in his lifetime in the past 15 years and at the rate they're going now at the rate that they're being consumed and being trafficked now um he fears they'll be gone throughout his lifetime but there are silver linings you know i love my silver linings um and he does see less pangolins being hunted locally. It, a lot of his advocacy initiatives are working, um, and he feels that at the very least, COVID will help spread awareness um, about you know the the issues that are raised with wildlife trafficking. But this was one of my most enjoyable podcasts I did. Um, Save Vietnam's wildlife has been doing incredible things for a while. I've been following them for quite some time now Um, but whether it's with rehab and um, release of pangolins and other wild species whether it's with just advocacy um, and spreading awareness or whether it's with i mean you know they created their own police force to survey areas to walk around and find these poachers and disarm traps before they uh, can catch pangolins Um, so they're doing incredible work um, and i'm very grateful for Ty for his time so Again, if you like this podcast, please like, rate, review—all of that stuff helps so much. Um, and yeah, enjoy. I'm sure you will. Thanks. In this episode of the podcast, I speak with Ty Nguyen. He's the executive director of Save Vietnam's Wildlife, a nonprofit based in Vietnam that focuses on wildlife rescue, veterinary care, and rehabilitation of pangolins and other wild
1: animals. Welcome, Ty. Thank you very much. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So Save Vietnam's Wildlife works primarily to save pangolins. Um, So, you know, can you talk a little bit about pangolins for people who don't understand them? I understand there's about like eight species in the world and four of them are in Asia and two of those are based in Vietnam. Can you describe the pangolin and why they're so endangered?
1: Yes, yeah, so the pangolins are uh, is uh, only scaly mammal in the world. Um, they whole um, uh, body covered by scale, by um, protecting by their scale, No animal in the world can eat them. Even with tiger and lion can not eat pangolin, but um, um, the problem is uh, pangolin uh, meat is using for the. Um, While like the wildlife meat consumption and the pangolin scale using for the Chinese traditional medicine, so um uh, uh, a lot of pangolin been hunted in Asia and in Africa to um, for the demand of the traditional medicine and um, meat consumption um, culture. It's not just uh, um, only the meat consumption and traditional medicine. In the past, people also using the penguin skin to make the um, like the shoe bag, yeah, like souvenir. So it's um, a problem. is why the penguin is so um, rare and and then this-
0: yeah. So we so there. I understand people use it for like I guess just. Like consumption, people eat it, but people also think it's got like some sort of uh, medicinal benefits. I guess. Um, what do people think it actually
1: helps with, or or it helps prevent? I guess. It um, we we did uh, um, research in Vietnam. like we interview over nine thousand people across the country and try to understand why they using penguin scale for traditional medicine and um, it came out with um, very surprise for us uh, people have uh, all different reason um, why they're using penguin scale and um, most of the using is like I kind have, of like it part from people to people it uh not uh, not very much from the traditional um, medicine doctor so um, uh, more common is they believe the penguin scale is um, have to terminate more meal for the mom, um or they can treat uh, all different types um, like cheat cancer or they can treat um, uh, fever or uh, the skin disease or the um, even with the bone problem, um all a different reason. And um uh when we asking the people and um, do, do they think it's a penguin scale It effective and most of them it's say uh, they don't know uh, but they feeling better when they using with the penguin scale um, i think um, it's hard to say penguin scale it have a medical value or not but um, from my feeling when we interview a lot of people it's uh, uh, by because they believe the pangolin scale is kind of the medicine, medicine, and by using the pangolin scale, they they feeling better, mm-hmm. then their body responds better, they are more happy and their body provide more like an anti thing to um, kill with the disease, and normally people get better with us. Um. Uh, yeah it very when we interview the che the medicine doctor most of them may not believe the primary scale can treat the cancer but um that is still like one of the very common thing um uh, like uh, talking between the people to people yeah
0: hmm. so it sounds like it's it sounds like it's being prescribed I guess but not really from people that aren't really doctors just kind of. People and it's been around for such a long time that people still think it has some effect and it makes them feel better, although it's probably not that, it's probably like some sort of
1: placebo effect, maybe. Yeah, sometimes uh, when we asking the um, people, and they often using both like they're using both cheticism and medicine, and they also it's using the. Um, uh, the the they using the uh, uh, new modern medicine, <laughs> uh, but because they uh, they believe in the traditional medicine, so when they get better, they they believe it's come from traditional medicine, it's not modern medicine. <laughs> One of the um, very positive thing from the traditional medicine is they have a very low negative impact. Mm. For example, like with the Modern medicine, you you can, you can really like using the wrong medicine to cheat for something, but um, uh, uh, with the traditional medicine like using a bit of pangolin scale or um, using uh, eating a bit of pangolin meat, it doesn't make any negative impact to the people even with they are ill
0: gotcha so people are using the pangolins are taking pangolin scales in conjunction with another with actual actual medicine and then they feel better but they think it has something to do with the pangolin scales because they're taking it at the same time they're taking you know medicine that would yeah. make them feel good um that's uh, that's that's wild uh how has this been trending like if this is something that's been around for presumably hundreds of years are, are people doing it more often now? I mean, I hear a lot more about it, I guess, before COVID and we can get to that, but it sounds like people are, are still doing it to the same degree that they were hundreds of years ago. Is that, is that right?
1: Yeah. The traditional medicine is built be in, been using for a long time, but, um, uh, in the part it's more, uh, more, it's more common it's using locally uh but it right now is quite a lot of the people in the city consuming the traditional mission it's part of the um, open communication more common with internet everyone can finding information from internet even with some of like raising awareness campaign um, they not make clear messages and people because it's like, for example, like we say, like okay, pangolin are very rare. A lot of people are catching them for traditional medicine. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're going to eating. If we say that message to the public, a lot of them say, oh, okay, the pangolin scale is quite a lot of people use them and they're probably very good. Uh-huh. And um, we should send that. So sometimes it's wrong message to send to the public um you know like when we're talking a lot of people you or pangolin uh, become very rare it it become more kind of like scarcity people are said okay um if i'm not taking it someone will take it or they will gone. so it's better for me to take it now
0: wow that is yeah i never thought about that that's just supply and demand if people think that this thing that they think works and that they think cures whatever cancer or what have you if they think that that is going to be gone in a few years or that everyone's using it then they're going to use it even more i never considered how i guess i never considered how people would you know take that message so how do you how do you do you try and stop people from using pangolins as you know, as traditional medicine, how do you stop that?
1: It's, um, uh, it for, for artists, like we talking about the pangolin, but also it's general, uh, diversity. We're not talking like species extinction or anything like that. So, um, we more focus on what impact if the species is not exist, what its impact if the biodiversity loss. And what its impact to our economy, our Vietnamese people, or like something of the, the proud of the ourselves, like we just showing them like the, how much the like the like the type of the disease and animal being chan, uh, carry that it could be transferred to people. We also we're mm. talking uh, about. Um, Loss, we're talking about a lot of story. The species are uh, losing um, uh, impact to diversity, increase of other species. We're talking like story of like uh, this uh, because the uh, people hunt um, more of the carnival and um, uh, and um it increases the population of the snake every time a snake comes to the home it scares the people safety and everything so it's um uh, and talk talking about like impact we showing clearly like how much impact of illegal wildlife tests how many ranger we have to pay money how many police doing with the problem of the wildlife mm. showing them the negative impact from um, their activity of like poaching or um, uh, consuming animal and try to make them change their mind that make them it more like uh, inspire them and make them more feel responsible.
0: Gotcha okay and you've gotta do that all without saying that they're scarce. you you explain how important they are, but you can't say that they're scarce because then you you know, that will make people potentially want them more. That's got to be a pretty tricky uh, line to walk, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Interesting. And and just so we're clear, like this is an issue, you know, it seems like for Chinese traditional medicine, but it's also, uh, you know, people in Vietnam are also consuming pangolins as well, right? Are there other countries that... Other than China and Vietnam, that people are utilizing them for pangolins for medicine.
1: Um, it's actually the um, the the traditional medicine is of the pangolin scale. scale. It's using um, locally uh, in lot of the country in Asia and Africa, but mm. they are using in very small scale, very locally. Um, when it comes to more kind of like trading um it's uh it often moving um to the like kind of, like traditional medicine um, industries like uh, more kind of professional uh, in vietnam and china and that's why a lot of international trade of the penguin scale it been cover on the way moving to vietnam or china even with like uh, we, uh myself in 2000 and um 2015 and 2016, when we start seeing a lot of the pangolin scale from Africa moving to China. And then I I went to interview over 200 traditional medicine shops across the country where they have a pangolin scale. But uh, what I did cover is uh, only one of the shops is close to China selling the African pangolin scale. So even it's like we understand it's a uh, big it's um, meat consumption is kind of like everywhere, but for traditional medicine, the biggest um problem is um, uh, moving to China.
0: Gotcha. Okay, so in China, it's you know that's that's pretty much the, the source of the problem, and it's you know the path. It doesn't sound like it's getting any better lately.
1: Yeah, because um, the problem is um, uh, the government uh, still quite to protect for the brand of the Chinese traditional medicine. So um, uh, yeah, they um, not uh, make it um, illegal or anything. Yeah.
0: Oh wow, um, man, I thought it was illegal. So what happens if poachers are caught with pangolins or pangolin byproducts? Does anything happen to them?
1: In uh, in Vietnam, if um, uh, uh, if the people hunting fly between from the, um, uh, one to um, uh, seven pangolin, they can get them um, to prison between one to um, ten year. If they um, confiscate more than eight pangolin, uh, they can get pre- uh, to prison between the 10 to 15 years. So um, the law, is, um, it become very strong. Uh, but um, the law enforcement, the, the big issue, uh, quite a lot of the kids, they um, confiscate uh, uh, people with the pangolin. They often is. Uh, uh, uh confiscate some one that like the transporter um, not not the real cheddar.
0: gotcha okay all right so it's just going for the you know the people who are actually behind it aren't the ones that are getting in trouble
1: yeah
0: wow uh so just so i know like what are our pangolin scales made of the keratin the same stuff that our fingernails are is that what they're made of
1: yeah, like uh, if we're looking at like, like the ingredient it made into uh, the pangolin scale, it, um, it looks um, um, made by keratin. It's the same with um, uh, many other things like our hair or our nails. But um, the people who are using the pangolin scale um, for chitin and medicine, they still believe it's even if um, it made by caratan they still have a uh, something uh to make make them need um, special and can cheat for the dz
0: wow so it sounds like there isn't a a big push to find these poachers but from what i read like save vietnam's wildlife the nonprofit you work for actually has um you know an internal i guess police force where you guys have rescued over 1,700 pangolins, released 60% of them. And you guys are also like have an anti-poaching unit that you started uh, and you've arrested over 100 poachers. Is that true?
1: Yeah. Like um, before uh, 2018, um, uh, I actually don't have um, anti-poaching units. But um, when we release a lot of pangolin, and um, we have a research team and to evaluate the safety of the site where we release, and we actually see it's, um, it's so much of the poaching problem um, in the place where we release animal. So um, in 2018, we changed a bit of our strategy. We said, um, we rescue. We put a lot of money. We lot put a lot of efforts. Try to save every single animal, and they lead them back to the wild. And it's uh, our work is not meaning anything if the animal been poaching back to the church again. So we set uh, up our own law enforcement team. Collaborate together with government. Uh, inspire the government, bring them and to increase the patrol, and um one of the really good thing is uh, the, the list side the almond um, list side in the last over one year we didn't have uh, any single job in the area where we zilis pangolin mm. uh, but um yeah they are uh, across the whole path they are still the people going to hunt animal, and now um, uh, one of the case we also cool cuts the um, um, uh, people with um, from the poaching um, uh, from the one of the Zilis side. So yeah, it's uh, the problem there, but we try to working in a small scale and try to save the pangolin and make sure they are not going to extinct in the country uh so to say the single species it's not adjustable, just uh, of one two one mm, solution like we need to working to rescue them, we need to carry research to understand how they are doing after we release them back to the wild, and also it's, we need to protect them at the time where we release them so
0: okay so so when you release them, how do you guarantee? Or what do you do to make sure that they won't come back? So, what I understand is pangolins are just so sought after, and, and frankly, so rare. Um, like, how do you make sure they don't get captured again and they don't get uh, you know poached again? The ones that you release,
1: it's uh, one of the thing. It's like um, uh, we are uh, together with like law enforcement at the Zilid side. Uh, we also would, uh, collaborate with local government and uh, we also with raising awareness for local community. We um, invite all of the peng- of, uh, wildlife hunters into the workshop talking, uh, ic- clear, uh, explain with them clearly the, what happens if they are going to catching the animal, uh, what the type of the law we apply with them. Inspire them, but also we try to guide them some of other thing to do in terms of going to hunt. Um, uh, it, at the side where we list we put the um, uh, we put the um, uh, microchip on every single animal we list oh. and try to monitor. So every time the penguin come from the church, we. Um, uh, we scan uh, with the microchip scanner and see as the animal it picked up from there. We also put um, a transmitter like VHF or GPS transmitter on pangolin and um, following them. Uh, it's not with every single animal we see but with a small number of pangolin over 20 animal. Uh, so we monitor where they go, how they doing, are they still surviving? Uh, we're using the technology like drone. So we put the transmitter on the pangolin and we're using the drone to pick up the signal from the pangolin. So we oh. fly drone around the release side to pick up the signal and locate where the pangolin. So that it help us to, to continue to monitor them after we release them.
0: Wow, okay, so you're, you're releasing them, uh, you're being able to track them with the microchips and also with drones. That's really sophisticated. That's great. Yeah. So well interesting. So what let's say let's say you weren't able to do this work. Let's say you weren't able to do the public awareness. you weren't able to do the veterinary work you're doing, the rehabilitation. How long do you think penguins would have?
1: before they're completely extinct in the wild it uh it's really hard to say but um experience from my life um uh, in um in uh, late of nineteen eighty when i like uh seven eight years old and um uh, i just saw a lot of the penguins uh next to my house uh in one of the like um, fruit farm near to my house, and uh, we see a lot of pangolin burrow or even seeing pangolin in the wild. And 15 years later, uh, that is the Chinese pangolin. It's one species of the um, uh, pangolin in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. And 15 years later, we didn't find any pang- pang- Chinese pangolin in the wild. Um, yeah, for like over 10 years now, so Vietnam, while well, I've been trying a lot of camera shop looking at the um, the Chinese pangolin in the wild in Vietnam, and we didn't see any. So, so in the past, we have that have a uh, like fifteen year for the Chinese pangolin species to like local eating in the country. So, um, yeah, I think if if we have a no action, uh, most of pangolin will be gone in the next ten to fifteen year. Wow.
0: Interesting. And you've already seen them deplete from, you know, when you were 7 to 15 years after that. Um that's really sad. Yeah. Is that why you got involved with Save Vietnam's Wildlife?
1: Yes, yeah, that's um uh, I I grew up on near the forest, near the Cuc Phuong National Park. Mm-hmm. And um I got see a lot of the wildlife, but also it's seeing the the problem of like quite a lot of the um, uh, forest been lost. Uh, so yeah. my dream is to become a ranger. <laughs> <laughs> can, uh, t- so I can doing something to protect the animal. Um, uh, and uh, when I finished the uh, university, I did my thesis with um, uh, wildlife and uh, it um, become... It I see so much connection between people and animal, and um, we see so much problem uh, of the decline of the extinction of the um, wildlife in the world. So um, that it becomes really interesting to me, and um, I really hope to bring more uh, Vietnamese leadership in conservation in Vietnam uh, to be able to like say much that we can.
0: So, I love that. I, in talking about the connection between humans and wildlife, I mean, that's never been clearer than now. The coronavirus is very similar. There's a very similar strand in pangolins than what we're experiencing right now. So, because of that, it's still difficult to tell whether the coronavirus came from pangolins or not. But us encroaching upon, you know, potentially food sources or, or, um, wild animals that we shouldn't be farming in this way is going to have detrimental issues and detrimental consequences uh, if we continue doing it, no matter what.
1: Yeah, like uh, yeah, it's um, one of the uh, very common question, especially like beginning of the COVID nineteen, when uh, some of the re- research um, studies showing the pangolin. Uh, have been carried the um, uh, coronavirus and um, more recent studies showing is quite a lot of the animal it carry coronavirus. Um, uh, but um, exactly what type of coronavirus been passed to people and it become the, the big issue uh, across the world now, it's we don't know. Uh, yeah, but uh, if we and study also, it's so clearly it's like the number of the animal in the wild carry coronavirus is very low, but mm. it's um since we are poaching animals and we moving them around, we keep them into the um, uh, captivity or we are uh, in the West markets, it's where it's more of the disease transfer and um that's where it riches come from. So um, yeah, it's still it's not clear the definitely the pangolin is carry coronavirus, but um, we don't know exactly what type coronavirus it affects the people or where it's exactly it's saw from. Um, but it's clearly for us if we continue to trading pangolin con or uh, wildlife uh, it another similar to coronavirus could be happen again in the future.
0: Gotcha. So in addition to helping pangolins, save Vietnam's wildlife helps otters, ocean civets, like a lot of other animals. Um, a lot of these animals too, a lot of these species exist entirely in Vietnam. Um, what different threats do these species like the, the otter, the civet, what different threats do they experience in B- in Vietnam and beyond? It's
1: um yeah like we have like two rescue and one of them is multiple species rescue center where we rescue everything. Um, uh, the most of the animals have a similar threat to us uh, with the pangolins uh, like the meat consumption the medicine or the habitat loss um, where people cut all those forests. But uh, some of the species that have um, some other special traits like for example people keep for pet um mm-hmm. it becomes uh kind of like quite common uh quite a lot of young people they love animals but they love the wrong way. They um, buy the animal from the trees to keep at home and take care for the animal. And that is uh, actually uh, increased um, the uh, poaching and trading of the animal in the wild. Um, And um, that it become also, it's a big issue.
0: Gotcha. So a lot of people who love or say they love, you know, Vietnamese wildlife and other wildlife, aren't keeping them wild and they're keeping them in their houses. you know, that's defeating the purpose. Like we, I don't know if you guys did in Vietnam, but we had this big show on Netflix called tiger King. And it was just about that, about people who thought they were trained or didn't even try and train themselves and would keep tigers as pets and would keep, you know, them in zoos and really treat them poorly. Um, and not really realizing that they're still wild, and that they will still attack you, and they will still turn on you. And the best way to appreciate them is by letting them be wild that they are. Um, so yeah,
1: it seems yeah like- I, yeah, I, I agree. Like, why animals should be in the wild, but um, because the current situation is where a lot of the um, people living in the city. I think um, the zoo also it play very important um, um, role in the raising awareness to keep more connection between people and animal. But um, it need to be good zoo. It's zoo it not support for illegal chase or uh, the zoo it have a good animal welfare standards. So animal is keeping um, in a good condition. Um, there are some zoo, or I think even with some species, it shouldn't be in the zoo, but um, uh, I I do support for the zoo, but um, yeah, it needs to be good welfare and it needs to be select species. Some species would be okay. Some species should, should never be kept in the zoo. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And speaking of which, how many, just so we know, how many pangolins are at um, your facility with SVW?
1: It's right now, we have uh, like um, around twenty in- individual of the pangolin um, in our facility. Um, one of the good thing uh, from the coronavirus uh, crisis, uh, border between Vietnam and Southeast Asia country and border between Vietnam and China been closed. So in the last six months, we rescued a very small number of pangolin. And uh, most of the cases, we rescue like for between one to three animals. It's not the same with the previous year where sometimes we rescue like 150 pangolins at the same time. Hmm. So, um, yeah, it's it's some some positive. And um, so from the our relief program in the last few months, we have uh, only small number of pangolins. Uh, stay in our rescue center and that is really positive thing.
0: Yeah, that's good to hear. So it sounds like you're able to rescue less, but that's because there's less initiative for people actually trying to hunt them.
1: Yeah, especially less international chats happening right now.
0: Interesting. That's Yeah, that is comforting to hear. And that's a good question. Like, how do you feel? With COVID, with everything, how do you feel? I mean, you you don't love just pangolins; you love all wildlife. So, how do you feel about the culture in China and Vietnam, um, where a lot of things are being used for medicinal purposes and they don't serve any value? So, let's say shark finning, or you know, rhino horns or elephant tusks. Um, how do you feel about the the trend? Do you think people are learning they're waking up do you think there's hope for these animals or you know are you less optimistic about things
1: yeah i uh, i feel a bit more positives uh uh from the COVID 19 um for the animal i see the chinese government is actually uh, much quicker, they uh, change the law, they um, um, ban the um, uh, like white mammal consumption in China, um, they um, close quite a lot of the wildlife farm, stop uh, start, um, uh, close some of the wet markets. Um, also, with uh, we see some of the positive where the Chinese. Um, uh, um, uh, Ministry of Health also start to um, uh, uh, remove pangolin out of the little of for the traditional medicine. Mm. Um, but it's not happened in the past because uh, in the past we just see the um, uh, the pangolin scale from the be being uh, sent to the traditional uh, medicine um, um, uh, for the for the using. Uh, legally in China so yeah it's um, it's some positive and i think it um, people should should be uh, care more
0: yeah
1: but uh, we experience uh, a similar trend happened when we um, with sat in 2003 when uh, we did cover it starts. it's um uh, the virus actually came from the bat and um part cross to um uh, and then to people, so people are very care at um, uh, after the um, such problem and also with especially in China, but few years after that people forgot about it. So I think um this crisis is actually the opportunity for us to to raise more awareness to people, to understand the problem. Uh, uh, they should leave the animal in the wild. Um, the animal is not for the medicine or for the keeping uh, them in-house. So um, that is um, to to avoid kind of like same issue happen in the future.
0: Yeah, so it sounds like now is the perfect time to be raising awareness, but also we got to move fast, right? I mean, people forget quickly. They they'll go back to their old ways. Like you mentioned in 2003, when this happened, uh, previously. So it's important to move quickly. Like you guys are doing, um, what successes has, I understand you've been around for about five years. What successes have you seen, um, whether it's with legislation or just with rehabilitation, what has say Vietnam's wildlife been able to accomplish
1: the, um, the success uh, or with us since the coronavirus um, happening is um, we see the Vietnamese government also it care more, listen more, and act more to combat illegal wildlife checks. Um, uh, we just see few uh, policy being changed. Uh, it's much easier to collaborate with um, the government uh, to combat illegal wildlife chase. Um, in Vietnam. We see the uh, strong uh, money, strong power control at the border. Also, it has uh, been reduced um, a lot of the international trade uh, cross between the country. Um, and, uh, but um, a little bit negative come out from the coronavirus. It's, uh, we see Quite a lot of people are losing the job in mm-hmm. the industry, or losing job from the city. So they come back home. They don't have anything to do, and then they start going to forest for logging, for hunting, ah. poaching um, in the forest. Then so now um, uh, that it put um, higher pressure. So we need to uh, put the, our anti-poaching team also with government to. Do more patrol, way more awareness to local community. Today, um, we uh, organized um, the workshop to, uh, for over 60 rangers uh, in Pumat National Park and to uh, like provide the skill and knowledge how to inspire people uh, to get them care more for the wildlife and not going to hunt. So, uh, yeah, uh, quite a lot of the positive and some of the negative happening uh, um, to what happen to the organization.
0: Yeah, I can see that. And, um, yeah, that's one of the sad things about this whole thing is pangolins are relatively easy from everything I read and see. They're easy to hunt. Their defense mechanism is they roll up into a ball and then people just put them in a net. So I could see if you don't have a job, if you need money, if you used to work in the city, now you don't have a job. Someone's desperate. I could see them wanting to do whatever they can to feed their family. And in this case, if if, if if hunting pangolins provides them with such a good income, I could see that temptation. But it's just such a terrible way. I mean, people think they're hunting them, but it's really like it's it's easier than shooting fish in a barrel it's just you walk up to them and they turn themselves into a ball and then there you go and that's how from my understanding that's how most of them get caught and that's how they're so that's why it's such a big issue right now
1: yeah we see the the problem of the pangolin and why the pangolin po- population been decline for very quickly um because of big trading but also it's uh the coming from the species, they totally can defend themselves in the wild. And um, uh, the pangolin burrow is so easy to see in the wild. It, um, and also it's, they often use the same burrow. So, um, uh, wow. so that is the why they are uh, very easy to hunt. They also eat very low breed animal. Um, uh, the pangolin is like, they only give birds like, uh, a maximum like one per year, so um, that is different with um, many other species. They can like cope very well with um, poaching, but the penguin is not a very slow breed anymore.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. So on top of that, they've got a long gestation period. They're giving birth to one a year. Um, wow. This is uh yeah. It's definitely a a really heartbreaking thing when you think about it when we look at it. I mean, it's nice to know there's a lot of successes, but like you're saying, successes aren't just successes. Sometimes there's some setbacks. Sometimes COVID, you know, while people there's a bit more awareness, there's still more free time and downtime and people need money, so they're hunting them more often. Um, how can someone help the important work you guys are doing at, say, Vietnam's Wildlife? I can see there's options to donate, there's options to volunteer, there's options to adopt what's the best way for someone to help uh you guys in your mission
1: i think it's um one of the the best thing is about line it's come from earth it's everything it's come from earth and we need to take the action uh we um uh we just see like the all of the problem of wildlife and illegal wildlife is come from the we ignore. When we see someone poaching or someone uh, um, eating the pangolin in the restaurant, we do not respond to it. So raising awareness, um, uh, fighting with um, what is illegal, and um, uh, showing the uh, consumer poacher um, um, the trader, it we are not support to them. Um, uh, get more people understand about the species, uh, the role and how important they are. It's uh, one of the most important to get it, not um, just for save Vietnam life, but also it for uh, uh, many other species in um, Vietnam and across the world. Uh, yeah, so we hope these people spend more their time at first to support for the conservation activity, even volunteer support financially or raising awareness by themselves to the their community, to their friend, and so they are not support for the illegal wildlife and wildlife consumption um, that we support.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, I will do my best to spread the message, spread the news. Um, I want to thank you, Ty, for your time. I really appreciate it, and uh, yeah, I mean, for the work you're doing for the world's most trafficked animal, the pangolin, you know, it's it's invaluable. So I really want to appreciate your time. I know you're super busy, um, and yeah, I would absolutely do my best to to share the news and to spread the message about the plight of the pangolin.
1: Yeah, thank you very much for the um, for helping us, and also it for helping the pangolin. Um, it it's really need to. Uh, people like you to um, to press the message more, to let the world understand better about the species. And it's it not just the Vietnam wildlife or a few uh, conservation organizations can save the animal. We only can save the animal if it, it, it comes from all of us. Um, yeah, thank you very much for helping us and helping the pangolin.
0: Thanks for joining. If you like that episode, feel free to rate, view, and subscribe. That actually really helps. If you haven't seen it yet, take a look at the accompanying blog. Don't forget yourboots.com, where you can read more and see photos for all the interviews. Until next time. Take care.